Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm Dave McRae from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute, and over the coming weeks I'll be presenting extended interviews on a range of topics to do with Indonesia, spanning politics, foreign policy, culture, language and more. To kick off the series, I spoke recently in Jakarta to Dr. Philip Fumonte, who's the Head of Politics and International Relations at the Centre for Strategic and International Studies, one of Indonesia's premier think tanks. Philips, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And today we're going to talk to Philips about some of the research uh, that he's been doing at CSIS into Indonesia's political parties, uh, looking at uh, four of the ten political parties that are in Indonesia's legislature and uh, some of the questions about their institutionalization and leadership. Uh, Philips, could you tell us a bit about how you've been researching those issues? Right. Um, <clears throat> thank you, uh, Dave. Uh, we did the, the so-called census, <clears throat> not the survey, because we interviewed uh, party leaders at the local level mm. uh, in all 34 provinces of mm. Indonesia and mm. uh, 514 mm. uh, districts and cities yeah. across Indonesia. Mm. So we interviewed <clears throat> uh, party leaders in uh, those areas mm. from four political parties, yeah. uh, the four big political parties of Indonesia, that is PDIP, the, mm. the ruling party right now, yeah. and then PAN, uh, the party that was formed in 1998 out, mm. the, out of the reform, and then we had uh, Gerindra, mm. uh, uh, chaired by Prabowo Subianto, mm. the former uh, uh, Kopassus general, the army general, and then the Democrat mm. uh, party formed by the former president SBY. Yeah. So altogether we interviewed about 2,000 uh, party leaders. Mm. Now, uh, we interviewed them all. In these regions, uh, and then ask them uh, sets of questions mm. uh, regarding the their party institutionalizations mm. and how uh, the party leaders at the local level view the future of mm. their parties yeah. in terms of uh, leadership. Mm. Uh, why we did this? Uh, uh, mainly because uh, we knew uh, beforehand that uh, these four parties were going to have. Uh, uh, party congresses this yeah. year in 2015 yeah. mm. and then uh, learning from uh, the other parties mm. uh, that already did that uh, party congresses in yeah. uh, 2014 uh, Golkar in December and so on we saw these uh, tendencies mm. of the party leaders yeah. to somehow uh, arrange <coughs> you know uh, pre-arrange uh, the, the party congresses oh, okay. So the election could be done through acclamation, mm. uh, which I think, uh, of course, is not very good for yeah. the future of the Indonesian democracy and yeah. uh, the, uh, the political parties. So with the census that you did of these political parties, uh, what were some of the, I guess, headline findings on mm. attitudes to leadership within the party? Yeah, uh, you know, the aim, uh, you know, we, we titled the census actually uh, every time we release, because we release the findings uh, one by one, although right. we did the census, uh, uh, you know, all together in February for yeah. these four parties, but we released them a few days before this party had congresses, mm. and then we frame, uh, you know, we titled the press briefing and so on uh, in such a way to see that uh, what's the homework for mm. the new party leaders. Okay. So what we are trying to getting at is to give them some sort of a fact and description from the ground mm. about the level of their party institutionalization. Yeah. 
from the uh, physical institutionalization uh, mm. offices of the parties mm. the facilities within mm. the parties whether they have staff paid staff mm. or not whether they have resource to pay the staff and so on and so forth yeah. and uh, also uh, you know uh, the views from the ground mm. uh, about the party leaders at the national level mm. you know viewed from the region so the interesting finding is this number one uh, at least for PAN the reform uh, the party that was uh, you know coming out of the reform in 1998 yeah. and PDIP Mm. Uh, the opposition party uh, during the last year of Suharto mm. and then became the ruling party now you know uh, we could see that is actually that the the generational change yep. already occurred at the local level okay. of these party leaders mm. because we found out that uh, more than uh, about 60% mm. of these party leaders at the local yep. level the age is below 50 mm. so and this is very interesting finding mm. because all these party leaders the four mm. uh, pretty much dominate by all figures at the central know, level at the national level yeah. that is the oligarch mm. and then the you know the message that we are trying to send is that you know in 2019 mm. the next election yeah. all these party chairman and chairwoman mm. would be around 70s yeah. you know mm. and they if there is no change, mm. that means once again, yeah. these old same people would mm. decide the future of democracy okay. of Indonesia. Yeah. While actually you have young leaders, mm. you know, inside the parties yeah. uh, at the local levels. Yeah. And then of course, uh, it is widely known now that uh, Indonesia is a very young population. Mm. Uh, 60% of our population is yeah. uh, below 40. Yeah. So it's just doesn't make sense to me mm. you know you have such a young population and uh, young uh, mm. party leaders at the local level yeah. but you know all political decisions mm. you know will be decided by someone who's been around uh, uh, in politics since 1998 yeah you know they competed in election they were defeated mm. and then they tried yeah. again yeah. they were defeated again you know yeah. <laughs> until yeah. 2019 they reached yeah. the you know, the age of 70s. Yeah, so it's a different generation making the decisions even though the composition of the parties has changed. Right. I yeah. mean, the, of course, young population would mm. always want to see the future yeah. and uh, the old, the older generation would want okay. to see, you know, you know, uh, the history, you know, yeah. as yeah. a guy. So when you ask these, I guess, younger leaders at local level uh, about their attitudes towards leadership within the party, mm. what, sort, what sort of attitudes did you find uh, mm. perhaps in, you know, PDIP and punk? Uh, these two parties are particularly interesting mm. because uh, it has uh, they have two different uh, characteristics. Uh, for one, uh, in Pan, there mm. is such there is no such a dominating figure. Mm. You know, people thought that, uh, for example, uh, I mean, Rice, the founder of Pan, mm. and then uh, for once, uh, you know, kind of uh, the father of reform in Indonesia. Mm. People thought Amin Rice is, uh, is still very strong mm. inside PAN and so on and so forth. But our census told us that actually the party leaders, you know, uh, did not really view him as a, uh, a strong person. Yeah. Because when we asked them, who do you think can, uh, you know, develop PAN in the next five years, Amin Rice's name is, uh, you know, come uh, 
a very low, very low, very low percentage. Yeah. You know, uh, and of course, when we ask them who's going to win, if uh, these are the names, uh, you know, uh, the candidates for pan mm. uh, chairmanship mm. in the Congress, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, Rais once again get the uh, very low uh, support. Mm. So. It seems to us that uh, actually uh, Amin Rais is uh, Pan is lacking such a dominating figure. Okay. And but, what effect does that have on the way the party operates? Uh, that uh, brings up, of course, positive effect. Mm. That is, then Pan witnessed a relatively open, contested mm. uh, party election. Yeah. And then the, uh, at that time, uh, the two candidates that were competing. Mm. You know, they shared uh, almost the same share of votes, yeah. and then. The, but the good thing about Pan, they already did that three times since the reform in 1998. Yeah. So, the the change of leadership uh, occurred uh, in Pan quite peacefully, okay. and the party remained solid. Okay. You don't see splinter parties okay. uh, coming out. So okay. everybody is accepting. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the election, and mm. then they work again as a party to mm. participate in the election. Okay. Now with PDIP, uh, Megawati, of course, is uh, still a dominating force within PDIP. Yeah. But our census found, uh, you know, interesting thing uh, from PDIP that uh, <clears throat> we call it some sort of a confusion, mm. uh, political confusion among mm. the party leaders of PDIP yeah. uh, at the local level, mm. because. Uh, when we asked them who would be winning in the PDIP Congress, yeah. uh, Megawati names came first, yeah. you know, and the gap uh, of support between him and Pak Jokowi is uh, is very large. Yeah. So uh, for sure, uh, we know uh, he would she would uh, easily won the Congress. Uh, all the more so because there wasn't actually any election at the Congress for right, Festival, right. So. Yeah. Uh, it was done in February, so two, mm. like uh, yeah, two months course. before yeah, the yeah, yeah. <coughs> uh, before the Congress. The Congress so we, we don't yeah. really know. We didn't really know at that time. Yeah. But when we ask, who do you think uh, to these uh, PDIP leaders at the local mm. level? Who do you think uh, can uh, you know develop PDIP in the next five years? Uh, Jokowi's name came first. Okay. And then the Fuan came second, the, uh, the daughter uh, of Megawati, and then Megawati herself, mm. third, mm. with quite a low percentage. Mm. You know, the gap between her and Meg Jokowi is, is very, uh, very large. Yeah. So what what can we make of it? That uh, you know, it seems that the PDIP cadre mm. accepts uh, accept the fact that Megawati is, uh, of course, the standard bearer, mm. ideological, you know daughter of Sukarno, yeah. uh, if you like. Mm. But then now they also face the fact, mm. political fact, that Jokowi is the president, yeah. the elected president of Indonesia, with all the carrots, mm. you know, mm. that uh, on his hand, yeah. you know, in terms of, uh, you know, he he's the one to decide, mm. you know, developments in the regions, you mm. know, give access to development funds and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, <clears throat> now I think PD, uh, the cadre of uh, PDIP should find a way mm. to have a smooth relationship between uh, Jokowi yeah. uh, as the president, yeah. uh, nominated by PDIP, mm. member of PDIP, with Pegawati as the party yeah. uh, chair, yeah. and then the, how they strike a balance between these two facts, mm. you know, so that it would not uh, hamper yeah. uh, the party. Okay. And then the, I think. 
another fact for PDIP as well, the party leaders at the local level are also very young, mm. you know, and then the, it should uh, send some message uh, to uh, PDIP's <coughs> headquarters mm. that they have to accommodate the yeah. aspiration of the young leaders of PDIP. Yeah. And uh, we have a section of open-ended question. Yeah. When the, we ask all these party leaders to mention uh, three names mm. in the... Uh, in terms of who do, do who they think uh, work, uh, you know, as a party administrator, yeah. who they think give uh, most of the support they needed, mm. and so on and so mm. forth. So the the, the the quality of leadership, yeah. uh, so to speak, and you know these three names that they mention is uh, are very interesting as well because mm. uh, it seems to us that uh, Megawati <coughs> uh, leadership. Mm. provide some sort of uh, you know direction mm. of of the party so the names that appear uh, in the response mm. from the party leaders at the local level are those uh, in charge mm. of the party headquarters yeah. so they are doing their job basically yeah. Yeah. you know uh, the secretary general mm. the former secretary general of uh, PDIP Chahyo mm. Komola who is now yeah. the minister of interior and uh, now the party secretary general has mm. talked, yeah. uh, mentioned a lot by yeah. these, uh, you know, uh, party leaders at the local level. Mm. So, but for PAN it's different, yeah. because at the national level, the competition, the internal competitions among party leaders at the mm. national level for PAN is pretty intense. Yeah. So as a result, uh, there are many uh, 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 politicians at mm. the national level, yeah. PAN, yeah. actually did some political works in the region, you mm. know. So the names that appear, yeah. the same question on the open-ended question, yeah. uh, is uh, uh, vary a lot compared yeah. to PDIP. Yeah. Okay. So we could see these two trends mm. that uh, if you have uh, such a strong figure within the party, mm. it it may be good, yeah. you know. This is in the context of the Indonesian politics, of course, yeah. that uh, then the party work mm. could be done in yeah. a more organized way. Okay. But uh, uh, if you don't have such a dominating figure, it's mm. also be good mm. in the case of PAN. Mm. Uh, that is, you know, uh, leadership change mm. could occur uh, consistently every five years. Yeah. So these two, d- two trends in yeah. the Indonesian politics, I think that uh, represent the fact that, you know, our party institutionalization mm. is, uh, of course, far away from that. Yeah, uh, and that uh, these uh, new party leaders have to work on. Okay, okay. Um, could I, if I just take you back to PDIP, because obviously a lot of people will be interested in the party because it's the ruling party, because mm-hmm. Jokowi, I think, has quite a dysfunctional relationship with the party as president. Um, you mentioned you're seeing from the local leaders uh, mm-hmm. sort of the largest number of them saying Jokowi is the person who could develop the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Megawati dominates the party and mm. the people you mentioned there who the local people see as most active within the party, most of those are also close to Megawati. Mm. Um, what does that tell us about Jokowi's prospects to develop, uh, I guess, a more productive relationship with PDIP, a less tumultuous one, uh, over, over the remaining years of his government? Right. I think, for me, 
the problem is more on the PDIP side, mm. on Megawati side. Yeah. Whether number one, they accept the fact that Indonesia has a presidential system. Mm. That is, once you elect, once mm. your member mm. elected president, mm. then the, he or she mm. uh, will have the highest, you know, executive power. Yeah. And then the party should support him. Mm. So now the problem is, uh, Megawati is a dominating figure in PDIP, and she was also a former president. Mm. So you have a uh, some sort of perceived uh, asymmetrical relationship. Yeah. And but I I, I think uh, PDIP will work out on that, and okay. then uh, as long as you know uh, they they find a way, <coughs> uh, you know how to manage relationship between uh, Pak Jokowi mm. uh, as the president and Megawati yeah. and the mm. party leaders at the local level, mm. and I think they start to did to do that. Mm. Uh, one thing that have not been uh, widely reported. Mm about the PDIP Congress in mm. Bali, yeah. uh, where Megawati was re-elected, of mm. course, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, the thing that was reported uh, uh, in the media mm. was Megawati's speech, mm. you know, mm. who was very uh, kind of uh, blunt mm. <laughs> towards Jokowi as president, yeah. that uh, generated, you know, uh, complaints as well. Yeah. From people outside the party, sure. that Megawati uh, was taught not to give uh, enough respect mm. to the president and so mm. on and so forth. But actually, uh, that was captured by the media, of course, because it was open session. Mm. Uh, media was there. Yeah. But following that, actually, there was a meeting, mm. closed door meeting mm. between Jokowi, yeah. as the president, and mm. all these party leaders, yeah. the DPD, yeah, uh, the, uh, the regional leaders, level. Yeah. And then the, uh, in that meeting, I <clears throat> I was told uh, that they agreed to have a, a routine meeting mm. between Jokowi as a president yeah. and all these pa PDIP's party leaders okay. every two months. And okay. it happened mm. uh, a week ago, okay. I think. But again, the media is very, <laughs> you mm. know, is very creative. Mm. Because when the second meeting took place here in Jakarta, yeah. that was during uh, the period where the issue of reshuffle yeah. you know, captured the all the attention. Reshuffle. And yeah. then you had these all leaders of mm. PDIP coming from region uh, to the palace. Okay. And the media you know, and the people started to think PDIP tried to pressure President <laughs> Jokowi to do the reshuffle okay. and, and bring in all these uh, you know, uh, party leaders, uh, okay. local party leaders of PDIP. Okay. But that was actually... The 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 mechanism that they already agreed upon okay. in in Bali, yeah. and the first one was taking place at exactly okay. that same time. So, you know, if they could find some, you know, kind of uh, this thing mm. where there is a uh, open communication between uh, Pak Jokowi and the party leaders mm. uh, and PDIP leadership, yeah. uh, I think it's a uh, uh, it will be ideal. Okay. So far, if uh, uh, in my understanding, uh, really the problem is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the way uh, they communicate. Mm. Uh, we should understand, uh, I think, this is my personal opinion, the psychology of PDIP, mm. the, the, the 
the older members, uh, the senior members of PDIP, the psychology is, of course, they have been out of power for 10 years. Mm. And they were under oppression during the Suharto's era. So the nature is very defensive. Mm. You know, uh, they are not really open to uh, open communication. Yeah. You know, uh, they, they prefer to uh, work behind mm. the scene and so mm. on and so forth. Uh, and uh, I believe Pak Jokowi understand that, mm. you know, instead of uh, uh, taking on or, you know, in the media, mm. it would be better if they, Pak Jokowi or whoever he assigned yeah. to work on with PDIP behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes and yeah. then the, so as to not to, you know, give uh, the public, yeah. you know, a wrong impression. Uh, you know, th this is, uh, the example is just, uh, before the Democrats Congress mm. uh, as we know the uh, president SBY had a sour relationship with Megawati, Megawati. Yeah. for 10 years they didn't yes. speak but uh, there was an interesting development mm. that SBY sent uh, his son the party secretary general Ibas, yeah. Yeah. to meet Megawati yeah. at her residence in yeah. Jalan Tilku Umar yeah. and then the Megawati accepted him and I believe at that time, uh, the Democrat Secretary General mm. extended an invitation for Megawati to come to the Democrats to Congress. The Democrats Congress. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, probably uh, Megawati did say yes. Mm. You know, but this is the thing: Democrat uh, SBA uh, President SBY is uh, very social media. Yeah, <laughs> you know. so he tweeted but, about it. So he tweeted about it with the pictures and so on. Mm. <laughs> and of course, you know, I could imagine what happened on the Megawati side. Mm. You know, so as a result, you know, Megawati didn't come. Yeah, she only sent the vice uh, secretary general mm. uh, with, uh, you know, uh, although uh, with her, you yeah. know, uh, permission to come. Yeah. So from there, I could sense that well, this is. Uh, <laughs> It should not be happening, though. I mean, mm. all communication should be open. But uh, yeah. what can we say? Yeah. Because uh, this is uh, the way they operate for too long, and yeah. then the, uh, we can only hope that the next generation would, uh, be would more prefer open. more open yeah, okay. and uh, more, uh, you know, uh, 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 communication would be done through, mm. you know, formal channel and so mm. on and so forth. Okay, more institutionalized. Yeah, for the moment, Jokowi yeah, has to work behind I the scenes. Think he, the I, I think so. Okay, and do you see these uh, bi-monthly meetings as a really significant development in his relations with PDRP? Uh, we have yet to see, mm. but uh, I believe uh, it will help President mm. Jokowi mm. because, you know, one of the complaints, I think, uh, from uh, PDIP members mm was that uh, PDIP <coughs> did not get enough representation mm. in the cabinet. Mm. You know, uh, PDIP only got four. Mm. And then uh, Nasdem also got four seats in the cabinet, mm. uh, although it's uh, actually PDIP who won the election and so on. Yeah, Nasdem, the party of Surya Palo, one the, of yeah, other Nasdem, backers. The, yeah. Yes, and then that's a new party as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the first time uh, participated in the election. Mm. So there is this, uh, you know, complaint mm. somehow uh, yeah. that we heard from uh, PDIP's party leaders, mm. although they denied it. Mm. And then the, those who, <coughs> I think, who 
uh, try to answer PDIP's complaint. Of course, you only have four mm. ministers, but you have the president that equals ten. <laughs> but that's uh, I don't think that uh, answer that helps uh, in uh, you know in answering uh, PDIP's concern. Mm. So with this meeting, mm. I think uh, you know in the region, uh, President Jokowi with uh, his uh, power as the mm. executive mm. may you know uh, give some carrots. You know, helping uh, mm. development of the region where this party, where where they operates. You know, this mm. uh, DPP. Although there's of course the moral hazard there, mm. yeah. whether the president would uh, operate outside the national budget and yeah. so on. And so forth. Sure. But still, uh, I believe there are rooms yeah. uh, for Jokowi to maneuver. Yeah. You know, okay. Uh, so it's a way he could start to build up more of a support base within the party. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, that's all we've got time for today, Philip. Right. That's been fascinating. Thanks a lot Thank for joining us. Thank you.